Do you ever have those days where like you wake up and you're like, man, everything this is, is not my set beautiful up. house. <laughs> this is not, this my, is not beautiful my beautiful life. life. <laughs> uh, yes, every day. Continue. <laughs> um, no, do you ever do you ever have one of those days where you wake up and you're like, I know intellectually that everything is set up for this to be a great day. Like my schedule today is perfect. I got gas in the car. I have all the food that I want. And then there's just like one thing that you can't let go. And you're like, this, this is going to ruin my whole fucking day, isn't it? (laughs) And you can just feel it start. You can feel the day crumble around you before you even get out of bed. If you wake up in a bad mood, that'll just color everything that happens. For me today, it was I woke up and I have a I have a zit coming in right at the corner of my mouth. Uh, that's rough. And it's it just worst. makes that whole side of my face feel weird. Oh yeah, when you try and like open your mouth to do anything, you just yeah. feel it. Yeah. I thought or I was a cold like, at first. If you have like a weird bad dream and then you wake up like already like primed to have a bad day and you're like, well. <laughs> I uh, guess this is only going one way today, huh? Yeah. I had a I had a really weird dream last night because we watched um, Crimson Peak for our, our Halloween uh, uh, yeah, marathon. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed that one. I've been meaning to watch it. No, it's okay. We, I mean, hey, if you ever want to watch it, it's one of Lauren's favorites, so we'll we'll gladly watch it again. But it's got spooky Del Toro ghosts in it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're all like. Skeletal, as they would say here, they're skeletal uh, uh, and and floaty and stuff. And I had a, a dream that uh, the person who played one of the ghosts in the movie was actually a ghost. And so I Method had dreams. I, I had a dream where I was watching the TV after the movie had come out, and the actors were like going on like press tours. As ghosts. Well, so this one was, everyone else was normal, and then just this one was a ghost. And I distinctly remember dreaming about the ghost being on Jimmy Fallon, (laughs) and then Jimmy Fallon doing a bit where they did ghost pranks. Like pranks specifically that a ghost could pull off because they can go through walls or whatever. So what what you dreamed of was the plot of The Frighteners. Ghost pranks. Yeah. 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 Actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I guess love I the did. idea of a, a ghost going on tour, doing, doing press. Yeah. Ghost got to get mean, that money somehow. Well, or maybe you can they don't. take it like, with you. <laughs> I think if I were Turns a ghost, out. I would want to go on tour just to be like, hey, look at me. I'm a ghost. This is new. The Donnie Specter uh, world tour. Oh God, I would change my name to Donnie Specter. Is the thing? If you, you know, a I ghost. would. I would have to. <laughs> we need to watch that movie that uh, that ghost pop star movie. Yeah. What's that called? Julie and the Phantoms. Something along those lines. What if ghosts were teenage heartthrobs and they didn't care they were dead? Oh, I should pitch that for I should pitch that for a Halloween. I don't know if that counts as a Halloween movie. It has ghosts in it, so it's like tangentially related it's, to Halloween. Yeah, 
it's on the line there, you know. And it's not even a Disney movie, right? It's a Netflix movie? I thought it was Disney. Is it Disney? I might be misremembering. They all look remember. the same now as the thing with Disney Plus and CBS. You know what Disney uh, Plus just announced and... they're going to have? What? Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Uh, uh, huh. Okay. I'm not sure if, like, where the emphasis is. Is it a Lego Star Wars holiday special, or is it a Lego Star Wars holiday special? I think it's Lego Star Wars holiday special. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think it's Lego Star Wars is the primary noun there. Because they've been doing a lot of Lego Lego Star Wars stuff. Like, they have three different Lego Star Wars TV series going right now. Dang. I think, because they have the Freemakers... Uh, or like Adventures of the Freemakers or whatever it is, which is about the kids in the Star Wars universe. They have the R2-D2 C-3PO series. I didn't know that. And then I think they have, is it, it might just be a series of shorts that are like Lego Star Wars bits. I remember that even like 15 years ago, they were doing Lego Star Wars like short films. Yeah. Yeah, and they're still doing them is the thing. They just, like, haven't stopped. So it's its own... It's like its its own Star Wars adjacent universe. It's its, its own genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm, I'm fine with. I mean... Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Make a worse movie than the sequels? God. Yeah. Yeah. Got him. Uh, honestly, I mean, episode nine could have been a 15-minute Lego short. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I feel like I was going to go somewhere else with that, that tangent, but I've forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's uh, do an episode of a podcast then instead. Oh, okay. Let's do that. Should we, should we clap? I want to, I want to hear about your, your pre-show note too, but we can do that after the intro. Yeah. Okay. We need to give the people what they want. An intro to this podcast. An intro to the intro. It's time for the podcast. That's not the intro. <laughs> for the huh. Okay. Here it's we go time for, it. for some manner of audio radio show. <laughs> Here we go. Imagine okay. if we did this podcast in the 1930s. Yeah, see? It's time for the radio drama. <laughs> that's basically what I do is the thing like that's that's my that's my podcast persona is the 20s radio announcer brought forward <laughs> into the other 20s the new 20s Gazooks have been brought forward in time 100 years what new media a... shall we see today that would be Yogi a... O's I'm gonna pitch this to Netflix this would be a rad series to do like a like a spin what, 19- city 1920s radio announcer let's watch series well 1920s no, no. radio announcer reacts to okay Star here Wars, it is episode one the phantom menace here's <laughs> <laughs> here's the pitch here's the pitch okay 1920s that Jar Binks is a real rap scallion 1920s radio announcer brought forward in time uh meets up with a, a youth a gen z a TikTok star or whatever who shows them how to stream. They get picked up by Netflix to do a series 
and it's the 1920s radio announcer doing television having never seen television doing doing streaming television i should say having never seen television so it's him doing like remaking all the mistakes of television over the last hundred years because he had he doesn't know that history and you call it playing video games no 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 he's he's just like he's doing the news or he's doing like 1920s guy reacts to crash bandicoot or like whatever (laughs) uh but he he keeps suggesting things of like, oh, what if I made a show about uh, what what if, what if I did a show where I sat behind a desk and I had three guests on a couch, and I interviewed them about the various things that they're doing, and then they have to break it to him like, no, that's every talk show right now, <laughs> and he goes, what's a talk show? But you call it twenty twenty vision. Hey. Because it's television in 2020, and he's uh, from 1920, so yeah, it's like 20s and 20. It's got layers, <laughs> much like an ogre. Right. <laughs> this children's uh, m- movie has a foul mouth. Can't say I approve. See, now I'm uh, picturing let's, this yeah. 1920s guy as a Twitch streamer, except. He would have to be, like, whoever would be playing the 1920s guy would have to be do it fully in character the entire time. Suited up, and then, like, the overlay would make it look like Art Deco. And then he would have to be playing everything on an actual, like, 1920s era TV. That just has, like, modern consoles hooked up to it via RF or whatever. Wait, that would be... When... 1920s era TV is just a film projector, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure television is slightly older than that. Is it? Okay, 1927. Yeah, you could easily have one of those, like, desk-sized TVs where the actual TV part is, like, the size of a piece of paper or something. Yeah. It's just, yeah. like, the tiniest, dinkiest little screen in the midst of this, like, giant wooden box. Except he'd be playing uh, Apex Legends or whatever on there. Right, holding a PS4 controller. Yeah. And then <laughs> the chat would be, like, the the, the captions on uh, a silent film. It would come up oh, in that, like, font yes. and it would have quotes around it. I, VR would just blow his mind. <laughs> Gadzooks! Or would you have to strap one of those giant televisions to his face? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Two massive old-timey CRT TVs. It would have to, he would have to hang from this device by his head. It, it would <laughs> right. like be this like car-sized gyroscope moving around with his head in the center into like a little divot. Yeah, it's it's virtual reality where the reality you're simulating is that your head is stuck in a vise. <laughs> Gee whiz, it's just like this locomotive is coming right for me. (laughs) Oh, God. And there'd have to be so much explanation behind every joke that anyone makes. Uh, Do you think kids today won't understand my hilarious early film reel of a locomotive coming at the camera no no the uh, the other way around i think we would get all of his jokes but anytime somebody says something to him we'd have to unpack the 20 years of memes that are behind it 
God. I feel bad for this fictional person we've created. <laughs> His okay, mind let's... is getting blown constantly, but he's just in a world that is strange and beyond his understanding. I mean, like, it's kind of how Honestly, I Honestly, big mood. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, this is maybe the most relatable character we've ever come up with. <laughs> yeah. And he would talk like that. That's the important part, I think. Yeah. Well, you'd have to have, like, an actual 20s microphone set up. Like, right, plugged into course. his, his uh, sound card or what have you. Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, okay, let's, let's do our actual podcast now. <laughs> okay. It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. There Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. <laughs> this week, <laughs> finally, we are talking about Season 3, Episode 10, Mechanical Mayhem, Part 2. Gatsooks, this gentleman has transformed himself <laughs> into some kind of mechanical monstrosity. Some kind of automaton. Yeah, see? And yet he plays with cards like a man. <laughs> what? Will these wonders never cease? Yeah, just pop the guy, see? Yeah. <laughs> that would be his immediate reaction. It's like, Yugi, just shoot him. Right. <laughs> Get, out your Winchester ter- <laughs> Get out your Winchester Tommy gun and just blow him away. That's how we Back do in my day, every child had a, had a handgun. You couldn't you couldn't bump into a ten year old without getting shot in the back. Yeah. Also, you're going to get squirrels for your evening stew. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, Squirrel we had to duel like... uphill both ways in the snow. <laughs> God. Um, boy. Okay. Now, well, see, now I have to leave in that bit about the 1920s radio guy. <laughs> we have to leave in the, the 1920s radio guy as a Twitch streamer. It's gold. It, yeah. It's a great yeah. concept. Uh, copyright, copyright, copyright. TM. TM, 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 TM. Um, this week's episode was better than I expected. We were talking today, and I'll probably leave this bit in too. We were talking today about days where you wake up and you're like, man... Today's going to be a shitty day, and I can really feel it. Today, I did not want to watch Yu-Gi-Oh! I watched this episode earlier today. I didn't want to. This is one of those things where it's just like, I've committed this podcast. I, I've, I've made this bed, and now i got to lie in it. i got to watch Yu-Gi-Oh! But then I watched it, and it really turned me around. And I was like really jived yeah. to talk about it. This okay. actually, like, it turned my day around. Yu-Gi healed me. <laughs> using the power of the cards and friendship yeah my my skin is cleared up my asthma is better <laughs> no i feel uh I feel, I feel really excited to talk about this episode uh but you have in your notes as if we haven't gotten enough tangents you you put in, your, in you put in your pre-show notes something that i really want to talk about tell me about your housing struggles oh yeah housing strub struggles the Strugs is real. 
in real life, uh, we had I had housing struggles when there was a big storm and a tree fell in the neighbor's yard into our yard and absolutely obliterated our patio. Yeah, you sent me pictures of this. This is uh, obliterated. I think is the right word. Like it definitely does seem like fucking obelisk the tormentor came in and just punched your patio out of the way i mean it kind of did the a tree we had a there's like a paved area in the back in our backyard there that has like a couch and a little fire pit type thing and my roommate's pottery wheel uh it was just like a basic trellis with like some wooden supports and plastic sheeting over the top well the tree just completely came down and smashed it to splinters missed my grill my grill was like underneath the tree and I had to like pull it to get it out, but it was completely fine. Okay. And it missed our house by like three inches. Yeah, by not that much. It barely scraped the uh the gutters. Pulled our gutter half down. But otherwise, we're all completely fine. And we are watching Good. my roommate and I were watching The Haunting of Bly Manor. In the very oh, yeah. final episode, during an extremely tense scene, and suddenly we had the biggest jump scare of all time. Jesus. As this tree crashed, <laughs> and we all jumped like three feet straight in the air. Wow. What but, timing. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was uh, uh, unpleasantly real. Yeah. I mean, but I'm glad I'm, everything besides the patio is okay. Like that, It sounds like it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, if it had been, like, a couple feet further in, uh, it would have possibly, like, smashed through the wall and hit my roommate. Oh, uh, Jesus. He's fine. We're all fine. Good. Scared Good. the cats. Well, yeah. But the other yeah. housing-related thing was that yeah. uh, my friends and I finally got a house in Final Fantasy. And oh, congratulations. We, we finally did that because uh, they finally decided that housing was a little ridiculous in the game because despite it all being you know fake you still sure. need to like go in and buy land to to build a house on and so during this recent setup the, the recent patch that they just put in the game they added more plots of land like on all servers oh oh wait Virtual so land. you couldn't you couldn't there was a there was a limited number of there was a limited number of housing oh available oh i was just, just picturing like okay you, you just you hit the button and then it makes like a plot for you no it's not instance it's all the the houses that you get are all in a shared area next to other people's houses whoa okay so instead of waiting around for someone to sell their house it's like Suddenly, on the other side of the street, there's a brand new copy of your neighborhood with just no houses in it. Huh. And this dropped at like three in the morning. Whoa. And so okay. I stayed up until three in the morning with a couple of friends. We were each in a different part of the world that has different housing available. And yeah. so we were going to try and like go into four different places at once uh, and get a plot of land. So... 3 a.m. on the dot rolls around. We log in. Uh, there is a queue to get into the server by like a thousand people. Jesus. Every, like thousands and thousands of people are all trying to do the same thing. Get housing. Shit. <laughs> uh, but we finally got uh, a plot of land 
and are wow. building uh, a little house. Oh, that's lovely. It's kind of fun. That's great. That's so that, that's it, my housing story. The the houses in Final Fantasy, I'm guessing, look like a like a fantasy. What like a like a villa? Like, are you building like a shack? Uh, you can get different house parts to customize what you want your residence to look like. And then oh, it's kind okay. of like Sims, where you have a certain amount of item slots outside where you can place things and like move them mm. around. Um. So it's kind of like Sims Light, okay. Except you get to share it with other people. Nice. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah, and now we have a place to meet up and plan raids and just hang out. We can like store our stuff. We can yeah, huh. buy things. So, so wait. So okay, I'm I'm just trying to picture <laughs> this like virtual setup. So you're in a neighborhood. I'll send you a. a a video of it. Yeah, yeah, sure. please do. do. Your your neighbors are other players. Yes. Is there ever a situation where like a neighbor knocks at your door to borrow a cup of sugar or the fantasy equivalent? Uh, we've had uh, an incident where a neighbor was on their motorcycle mount and just cruised through our front lawn and oh. jumped off the roof because okay. usually the fastest way between two points is a straight line instead of going around on the actual streets fair i mean yeah hey when you got a when you got a uh rockin' uh when you got a rockin' hog that came you out gotta show it off. Uh, <laughs> yeah you know when you're when you're cruising around town and you're on your sweet low riding chopper you gotta you gotta hop some roofs mm-hmm. huh exactly okay well yeah no send me a video that's really interesting it, it's I've been I've been thinking a lot about like n- neighbors lately, <laughs> just mm-hmm. because I don't really interact with mine ever. But that's very British of you. Oh yeah, I mean that's just how I've always been is the thing. But like in in the pandemic, I've like extra not interacted with anybody. So it's been interesting being very close to people who are also at home, not interacting with anybody and explicitly not interacting with them. Does that make sense? It is weird. Like having the knowledge that everyone is home all the time and I refuse to talk to them is a very interesting frame of mind. <laughs> or to in. interact with them in any way. Yeah. Like, so I'm just wondering like. You can stand the by virtual... the wall and yeah. there's other people like six feet away doing their thing. Right. Right. You don't want to talk to those people. You don't even know no. what they look like. No, exactly. And and it's it's so interesting hearing like that there's a virtual version of a neighborhood where that sort of restriction doesn't apply and you have people like fucking riding their motorcycles on roofs and things like that and just trying to figure out okay, what does that community interaction actually look like? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. I'm still trying to like figure it out because up until now, I know I've been playing since March or whenever it was. We didn't have a house, so we're not sure. used to like what housing looks like in a place that doesn't actually exist i i'm gonna i'm gonna artificial scarcity yeah i'm gonna go out on a limb here jimmy and say that as a millennial homeownership has not been something that you have seen on the horizon (laughs) no it has not (laughs) uh but that's no that's really interesting i i'm 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 glad to hear that you're getting this experience in final fantasy i'm curious to see how it goes yeah i'll send you a video yeah i'll give you a tour cool um i i have a breaking piece of news that i was sent to me as you were talking 
23 hours ago. So probably, uh, oh no, I guess, I guess it's still the same day that you, uh, got your house, but late last night, uh, Elon Musk tweeted, quote, the gauntlet has been thrown down. The prophecy will be fulfilled. Model S price changes to $69,000, pardon me, $69,420 tonight. So you can I now buy a Tesla for $69,420. Nice. What an epic, hilarious, funny gamer moment. Hey, got him. <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? It's me, the meme lord. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, that Tesla notwithstanding, uh, should we actually talk about this episode now? Yes, let's. Okay, let's do it. Uh, it's time to discuss the episode, once again, Mechanical Mayhem Part 2, Season 3, Episode 10. The translated title is St. Janu's Trinity Attack. See, that sounds super epic. It does, it does. Well... It's describing an epic shot that we will get to in the final 20 seconds of this episode. Yeah. Uh, The summary says, With Tristan gone and Serenity in shock, Duke attempts to defeat Nesbitt by himself. But when Orgoth the Relentless is destroyed by his perfect machine king, Duke tries to help Serenity regain confidence in her abilities. The two later remember Tristan's face-down card, hoping it will help them win. Yep, it's more Yep, Nesbitt. there it is. <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh, the first thing I noticed this episode, Jimmy, was in the intro. Because, you know, it, every, I'll, I'll still watch the intro, sure. You'll remember we talked about how I did not know that they were saying in the theme song that Yu-Gi-Oh! is king of games. Yes. I just thought he was making some sort of a, a gibberish noise. Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> body body. <laughs> uh the problem <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh is the scat man. man. <laughs> uh the the problem now is that it's every time hard. I listen to the <laughs> intro <laughs> that that reminds me of that uh that remix where somebody made the Yu-Gi-Oh theme but that it just fades into uh Sandstorm by Derude. <laughs> it's time to did it it we should have made that our theme song. Ah, uh, we should have. Maybe this week. Who knows? We talked about it. Uh, last week, I used a clip from Sweeney Todd because apparently people don't care what I put in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? Um, oh, I yeah. you used the, the actual show theme. No. <laughs> I mean, I used to. Season oh. three, it's been different every week. You huh. don't listen to the show. I'm, it's fine. <laughs> I'm learning so many things about my own podcast. Yeah, season three has been has been different every week. Typically, like I'll try to find clips where it ends in somebody saying it's time, so that I can crossfade it with me <laughs> saying it's time. Sorry, I but, just pictured the scene in Sweeney Todd where he picks up the razor again. He's like, "At last, my arm is complete again." Except he's got a dual disc. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love he that. He swore no. he wouldn't, but he's picking it up again. So last week it was the Senior Pirelli song. Oh, magnificent! Uh, yes, and and uh, it ends with uh, and, and I, the magnificent senior Pirelli, uh, would like to request who has the audacity to say, and then it cuts to me going, "It's time." Okay. Um. Anyway, 
uh i've been having a lot of fun with that so thank you everyone for your patience or your skipping the 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 intro i don't really care um do you think sweeney todd would have as his deck master is there some kind of cannibal clown oh maybe soggy yeah i i feel like he's got a soggy vibe is there uh is there a Yu-Gi-Oh barber probably um baba barber Ba 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 barber. Um, I don't know. He might go in for Jinzo. Oh yeah, he might go in for Jinzo. Actually, Baba Baba. I think it's Baba Barber. Bob Barker. Um. (laughs) Uh. Well, his his um, his real name is uh uh, Benjamin Barker. (laughs) Ben Barker. Um. But no, the translated title for for Baba Barker is Miss Cape Barba. Uh, and she's a a barber who looks like a bloodborne protagonist. Wait, what's her name? Baba B A B A, as in is you. Uh, and then barber, like the haircut. And oh you know, hell like yeah, a black that cloak. would be his deck master. It's fucking rad. Oh yeah, that that is the Sweeney Todd aesthetic. Yeah, I like it. Um, I'm trying to think what was. Well, my favorite my favorite intro that I've done so far though has been uh the the Muppet theme. Uh you know, it's time to to start the music, it's time to light the lights, it's mm-hmm. time to put the podcast. It's the Yugi show tonight. Bum 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 bum. Um okay, the actual show. Uh oh, that's where I was going with this. I'm wow, we got way off track. The problem with me knowing that the theme song says Yu-Gi-Oh is king of games is that I still mishear it every time. Only now, I hear it as Yu-Gi-Oh is king of gains, as in Yu-Gi is very into lifting. He's not, though. He's a scrawny little guy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but maybe Exodia yeah. is into gains. That's true. He gets he gets uh, exfolia. No, that, that's nothing. Um, okay, the episode starts. Yugi, Taya, Joey, still in the cave for some reason. They hear Serenity screaming. They run in the direction of the, the other way from where they came from. Yeah, it's a tunnel. There's only two directions you can go. Yeah. So they run the other way. Right. Uh, we go back to the duel. Tristan is dead. Oh, yeah. Remember that, everyone? Tristan fucking died. For anyone I... joining us this week, Tristan is dead. Do you know who Tristan is? Doesn't matter. <laughs> you fell into a pit of virtual radioactive waste. His, well, okay. We say he's dead. Technically, we know that that's not true. His mind has been digitized and his body has been moved to a holding center for later. Is so, there just like a virtual conveyor belt somewhere? That's kind of what I'm picturing. Like very, uh, like the Matrix style. Like there's just a pod with uh, weird fluid in it, and he's sort of suspended there. Downloading Nesbitt. (laughs) Uh, You know, another thing I noticed, sorry, just speaking of Nesbitt. (laughs) He just downloads, it's like, type, 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 and he like downloads a program into Neo's brain, except it's like, I know how to design tanks. (laughs) (laughs) You see him type into the the command prompt, pseudo dot slash (laughs) Nesbitt. Um, 
the the thing about Nesbit that I I realized this episode is that they can't decide how his name is spelled because in the in subtitles, the, yeah, in the summary it's N E S B I T T Nesbit. In the subtitles, it's Nesbit N E Z or Z. Pardon me for our, our European listeners. N E Z B I T T, and sometimes N E Z B I T. Sometimes they leave off the second T. Um, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't actually matter. I just thought it was interesting. Every now and then, I'll see something like that and be like, "Are they talking about a different person? Are there two Nesbits?" (laughs) The two Nesbits. (laughs) I'd watch that spinoff. That'd be fun. Um. Okay. Tristan is dead. Two and a half Nesbits. (laughs) (laughs) It's Nesbit and the robot version of himself taking care of Noah. Oh, that would be nice. I like that. That would be very sweet. Sort of, sort of the odd couple. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay. Tristan's dead. Serenity is sad. Yeah. Serenity is distraught that she just witnessed her friend die. Understandable. First time. <laughs> I realized upon seeing this that everyone else is kind of used to this kind of thing by now. Yeah. Like, we've seen Joey, like, almost drown, chained to an anchor. Uh, People have gotten their minds ripped out and cast into oblivion. Yeah, Mai is still trapped. Her her mind is still trapped in the Shadow Realm. Um, Yeah. Who knows what's happening with with, uh, Odeon. Wherever the hell Odeon went. Uh, Yeah. There's been a lot of... There's friggin' bones straight up is in hell literal hell i think and not i i maintain that bones is not even in the shadow realm i think he is in hell i think it's a separate place but for serenity this she is not used to all this kerfluffle around a simple card game i i feel like she should be at this point like she do- she dove into the water and saved Joey from a Davy Jones's locker. Like, Literally, the first thing she saw upon regaining her vision was her brother al- almost dying. I yeah, this is. I mean, it's not great. But still, granted, it's not good. It's not a. It's not a thing that I would want anyone to get used to. But it, it's a bit much. It's it's yeah. She's I having the, a difficult time. The thing here that they really hit home is that she's blaming herself for Tristan uh, uh, being lost because she doesn't know how to duel. This she doesn't know how to duel. duel, and Tristan sacrificed his deck master to save her from yeah. losing the game. And and she feels like if she hadn't been so bad at dueling, bad at uh, that games. this wouldn't happen. Wouldn't happened. I. I'm going to come back around to this, but I would argue that it is entirely Tristan's fault that he is currently in the state he is in. Uh, and I, I will reveal my reasoning in a, in a few minutes. Okay. D- Duke gives her a pep talk. Do you remember what this pep talk was? No, I don't. It, it was, it was basically, <laughs> it was basically, Hey, cheer up. <laughs> Hey you! Hey, cut it out! Thanks, Duke. Um, he he does say a couple Don't of like genuinely helpful things. Where he goes like, you know, we we're we still need to get through this. Like, you're still here. Tristan knew what he was doing. He trusts, you know, like 
we have to do this for him. Um, we can get through this. Like we can, we can maybe get his body back if we win, like all these things. But it, it does really come across as like, Hey, what if you, um, weren't sad anymore? <laughs> Which there, is not there. helpful. Don't sad. <laughs> it's just that scene from, uh, from 30 rock where he's, he's sort of patting her on the shoulder with a broom. With a broom. Yeah. From a distance. <laughs> Afraid to get too close. Pat, pat, pat. Um, so, it doesn't work. She's still having a bad day. And Nesbitt is like, hey, quit fucking around. We're playing a duel here. Don't talk it's to each other. It's your turn. Yeah. Basically threatening them. Uh, so, Duke says, why don't we just skip her turn? Which I didn't know is a thing you can do on behalf of someone else. Yeah, that doesn't seem like something that you should be able to, like, say for another player. Yeah. I mean, Nesbitt's certainly not going to stop him. No, he doesn't give a shit. He's like, eh, okay, fine. I'll, I mean, I'm still winning. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, so now we actually get to see a part where Duke is extremely Duke. Uh, Duke <laughs> yes. plays Dimension Hole, which removes his Dark Assailant from the field for a turn. And then yep. he plays Dice Dungeon. Can oh. he do that? Isn't Appar- that a I game mean- he invented? I, I, I brought this up last episode, but in the list of cards, because they're all the cards in the virtual database or whatever, it's like, here, pick your cards. And he goes, oh, cool, Dice Dungeon. And he picks that card. How did he so get like, away with inventing Dungeon Dice Monsters if Dice Dungeon was already a card? I do. I it's think like this, that close to getting sued. I No, I think that's the thing. I don't think it was a card until he invented it. You think he invented it and then Pegasus like bought the the concept? Yeah. The trademark? Yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. As part of the Dungeon Dice Monsters add-on, he made a Dice Dungeon card. He was it was released as an official expansion pack. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has so, truly ascended. Good job, Duke. I, yeah, that's the thing. Like so he plays that card and uh, I wrote down the, the line here. The thing he says to Nesbitt is, uh, you don't know me, but I know a thing or two about dice. <laughs> I'm turning this card game into a dice game. Which is such a good line. And it just hits home. Like, how how is it that everybody knows who Pegasus is, but nobody knows about Duke? Yeah, he straight up invented this other game that's like now part of actual dual monsters, apparently. And no one in the Big Five even realized this when they captured him. Is this is this how deeply Yugi uh, or uh, uh, Dungeon Monsters rather had uh, Dual Monsters? Wow, Dual Monsters has like uh, invaded the the collective psyche that the concept of a different game. It's just so alien. Can- you can't parse it. You can't like, you can't figure what a dice as a game, as a separate game, as its own game. This is like, if uh, it's kind of like if the big five captured the people in charge of wizards of the coast and were like, Hey, we're going to battle you in dungeons and dragons. But one of the guys they captured is freaking the guy who made up Eberron. Oh, Jesus. What? (laughs) You can't. You, that's not a real class. What? Huh? It Keith, is a real class. Keith Baker. Keith Baker sort of 
wa- not, not waddles. What's the word? Um, swaggers? Swaggers. Thank you. He swaggers in with his black cowboy hat and he goes, uh, you may not know me, but I, I know a thing or two about lightning elementals. <laughs> <laughs> but what a freaking baller move is to like be challenged to this card game and being like, no, you know what? We're playing a game I invented in this game. Fuck you. <laughs> right. It's so good. It's so good is the well, thing. And this we is like do this before. This is such a great idea. And you you I mean you said it. This is very Duke. Yeah. Like he he came his claim to fame was making this new game that like drew the attention of everyone around him. And, and then like and then explicitly challenging the champion at Duel Monsters to a new game that he's never played before to try and prove that he was better than the champion at Duel Monsters. <laughs> I can't he's beat you at your again. game, so fuck you. Beat me at mine. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. yeah, so, okay. So, uh, what, uh, what, 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 do you, what do you call your act? What does he do here? <laughs> he dimensions the dice. Oh, my God. <laughs> He does. He, he does, does though. That's he true. plays Dimension Dice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I forget what that one does. That's so, the one that turns into like a, a grid, right? Yeah, yeah. So so a, a dice grid appears, like with the dice dungeon we, we saw in the past. He has to sacrifice two monsters uh, in order to summon Orgoth the Relentless onto that dice dungeon. So it shows up like on the grid. Um, but what that also does is because uh, Nesbit's Machine King gains attack for all machine monsters on the field, and he played that trap card that makes everyone's monsters machine monsters, sacrificing two of Duke's monsters actually reduces Machine King's attack points by 200. And that's a yeah. thing that he's like doing throughout this whole episode. So now, no, me- he's also so, blah. so now Duke has a very powerful <laughs> monster and. Machine King is less powerful. So I love good job, Duke. we're we're both like trying to get through this part, and there's so many words in here that just are not normal words. Like you don't say Machine King that often in your day to day. Like or, you're not or gonna... Goth the Relentless, <laughs> right? Or Dungeon uh, uh, Dice Dungeon or Dimension the Dice. Like these are these are not familiar words to our 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 tongues our and lips at the moment. Yeah. Um, so uh, he he puts out Orgoth Relentless. Machine King, uh, does he put him, does he put Machine King? Yeah, he puts Machine King, Nesbitt puts Machine King on the, the grid as well, right? So it's yeah. Orgoth versus Machine King in this dice game within Mini the game. card game. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> so the thing is, is now that they each have a, a monster on the grid, they each take turns rolling the six-sided die that's that's also on the grid. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what this die does? Um, no. There, every different face of the die has different effects, right? That are applied. I had to actually look up if this was a real card, and it is. Oh, uh, okay. But Nesbit is also wondering because he has the best line. Of this episode, I think. Are yeah. you making these regulations up as you go? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Which is extremely on brand for this this so this show in general. And Duke says to check the rule book, which again implies that there's a rule book somewhere. But like, 
Where? <laughs> Give it to us. Let me see it, please. Yeah, and if if these weren't real rules, why would they be in this like holographic projection? Yeah. Like fucking I I don't know, is he making it up tech whiz like you're supposed to be the robot dude, you should be able to parse this uh this this code, right? Like I don't know I don't know what his deal is, but so the the, the reason he says that is the first thing that happens is Duke uh rolls a 6, which means that Orgoth the Relentless attack uh, 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 Orgoth the Relentless's attack. Again, it's it's one of those just like Gotta get through that sentence. He gets twice um, as strong. Yes, thank you. It doubles its attack uh, to up to 5,000 attack points. Nesbit rolls, and he gets a one, meaning Machine King loses 1,000 attack points and goes down to 2,100. And that's the point when Nesbit is like, are you just making this up? <laughs> Which is fair. You're just making shit up. You uh, can't do that. Only I can do that. Right. Uh, Orgoth attacks and kills Machine King. How much can we trust these dice? Because last time in Joey's duel, we saw probability getting manipulated in real time. True. Yeah. You would, I mean, you would think Nesbit would have figured that out as well if he's the tech guy again. But he doesn't. But doesn't, so all right. Yeah. Uh, so Machine King is dead. Long live Machine King. Uh, Nesbit plays himself. Yep. Because <laughs> he's himself. his own deck master. He just steps out onto the field. He's the master of his own destiny. Uh, and he plays uh, yep. Recycling Plant, which lets him get a monster from his graveyard and fuse with it. Yep. So it's like another polymerization. And then we wrote the exact same note we here. We did. Uh, well, first I'm noticing there's a typo in my notes where I said he plays Recycling Plant to muse himself with the Machine King instead of fuse <laughs> himself. Hmm, Machine King, interesting. And then, yes, we wrote the exact same thing in our notes, which is that the fusion between Machine King and Nesbitt's robotic knight becomes Literally Starscream. just Starscream. Literally Starscream. It's just star- Starscream. It's, it's, I'm going to look up actually a picture of Starscream right now while I'm thinking about it just to make sure like it's, it's a different color palette. Is that right? No, nope, yeah. it's the same color palette. <laughs> it's close. It's, it's, I'm going to send you a picture. It is, it is exact, my friend. Um, and this is just the funniest shit to me. Like I love, I love everything about what has happened to Machine King or uh, to Nesbit. The monster that he becomes. Nesbit has control over his entire appearance and everything around him. And what he desires most of all is to be Starscream. (laughs) God, do you remember? Do you remember watching the original cartoon? I never watched the original cartoon. Oh God. Okay. Um, So in the original Transformers cartoon, Optimus Prime is the same voice actor as Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. I vaguely remember that. So he's got this deep voice down here. Autobots, roll out. <laughs> Autobots, um, get depressed. <laughs> um, and Megatron is like I'm Cobra Commander. I'm Winnie the Pooh's hole in his tree. <laughs> I'm so stuffed with fluff. 
uh, uh, Megatron is um, uh, uh, like Cobra Commander. Like he's kind of up here. I I am the evil one, and I will be evil now. And then Starscream. I'm gonna back away from the mic to do this. Starscream. He's so is shrill, right? Up here. Oh, yes, I am the villain now. Ha <laughs> <laughs> um, Starscream is the Weevil of Transformers. <laughs> The weevil, the weevil Underwood of Transformers. <laughs> it's oh DJ <laughs> Starscream. <laughs> I'm a punk type robot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. My shorts are comfy and easy to wear. <laughs> um, go Caterpie. You're a string shot. The thing that I love the most about all of this is everything we just said is made a hundred percent better by the fact that this new monster he's created is called Perfect Machine King. <laughs> Not just your regular Machine King. Not just your regular Machine King. No, no, no. Perfect Machine King. Couldn't even come up with a new name. A Machine King without peer. <laughs> the Platonic Ideal Machine King. <laughs> it exists only in the mind, and he's Starscream unattainable <laughs> uh men what's stopping you from looking like this uh okay so the the new monster the perfect machine king gains 500 attack points for each machine monster on the field uh there's two left on the field right now so that's a thousand and then it gets another 500 attack points from recycling plant which i guess just stays out as a field spell uh the so dice it- game is his oh, no, attack is a freaking fifty-two hundred. Is that right? Does that that, that brings yeah. him up to fifty-two hundred? I guess it I does. A, yeah. I'll point to write that down because I was like, "Whoa, that's a big number." Well, hang on, that doesn't add up. Wait, is, what, what, what? Oh, oh, okay. No, pardon me. He makes a new monster, so the attack from earlier doesn't doesn't count. Yeah. I was thinking about Machine King's attack, not perfect machine king's attack that's the difference between a machine king and a perfect machine king (laughs) i'm not wearing hockey pads um the oh the dice game is still going that's where i was going with that nesbit rolls uh i guess duke doesn't get to roll again i don't know maybe he has to roll oh no twice because no duke rolls after this yeah dude well well, hang on. So Duke rolls, Nesbit rolls, Nesbitt Duke rolls attacks. Ne- Did Nesbit roll first? It doesn't matter. Nesbit rolls first this time. <laughs> uh, I don't understand the mechanics of this card. Uh, Nesbit rolls a five, and he's like, "Yeah, five. That has to be good, right? That's the second highest number." <laughs> nope. It's not good. A uh, five for some reason halves his attack. Sure, okay. Womp womp. Uh, Duke rolls a one, meaning that Orgoth the Relentless uh, loses a thousand attack. Womp womp again. Nesbit now has more attack points than Orgoth the Relentless, kills Orgoth, and brings Duke's life points down to 150. He has a cool attack, though. He, ha- he has his shoulder pads, and they open up, and there's a bunch of like missile holes. I don't know what you call those things. He fires a bunch of missiles out of his shoulders and blows. Yeah, the yeah. Off, it it like looks Iron like Man. um, yeah, it looks like Iron Man, or it really reminded me of a cartoon 
that I'm trying to remember the name of. It was one of those that I only saw in like Boomerang reruns, like an old Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Mm. It wasn't Micronauts or something, but it was... um, it was soldiers, like G.I. Joe-style soldiers, who were miniature. And they all had, like, unique abilities. Um, and one of them was a guy who literally just had that. Like, he had shoulder-mounted rocket launchers. And I, and I think he had a flying... I think he had a hoverboard, if I remember correctly. Cheap commandos. Yeah. <laughs> Buy all our playsets uh, and toys. I'm I'm looking actually it might have been it might have been Micronauts actually. It was similar enough to Micronauts that I'm just gonna say it was that and move on. Um but yeah, it's a cool attack. It's it's a it's a step up, I think, from the Machine King attack, which was the another Iron Man move, the the chest laser. Mm. Which is fine. It's whatever. This is more dynamic, which I enjoy. When you've got a robot suit, there's only so many places you can fire a beam or a missile from without <laughs> I mean, overlapping with someone else who is also a robot suit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Or running into the four kids' sensors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we cut away to Noah watching the duel. Uh, he has a great line here, which I don't know if you want to read or not. I don't You're know a, a good fool, Noah Nesbitt. You, you know you're not a real robot. Actually, it's quite sad. Deep down, you're nothing but a scared little man. Ooh. Ooh. So we're just making fun at of Nesbitt for LARPing a robot. <laughs> yeah, Your greatest I, de- desire is to become Starscream, you nerd. I mean, this is this is our, our worst from the last episode, right? Like, this guy goes on and on about how robots are better than people, but then he keeps, like insisting that he wants to win this duel to become a people again yeah and Noah's like you dumbass weirdo just everyone knows that the if you had to turn into a transformer you would turn into optimus prime (laughs) (laughs) actually okay if you could if you could be a transformer what transformer would you be uh bumblebee bumblebee okay i like vw beetles Okay, I was, yeah, I was kind of about, about to ask which iteration of Bumblebee. Um, I would probably be Ratchet. Uh, right, isn't that the... Uh, that's the ambulance? Yes, I think so. Yeah, because his name is based on Nurse Ratchet from uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Except he's Is that ratchet, really it? Like in a car. Oh, I guess that it. I guess that is. Huh. Well, also take it. Um... But specifically the one that uh, transforms into a uh, like an off-road mountaineering rescue vehicle. Mm. I like that one a lot. Uh, that That's what comes up if you Google just like ratchet transformer toy. No, if I had to transform into any transformer, uh, I would choose Dinobot. Because I only ever watched uh, friggin' Beast Wars. Yeah, and that's, that's the toy. Fair. The one oh. toy I had. Uh, which one's the rat from uh, from Beast Wars? Rat trap. Is I that rat it, trap? Yeah, his yeah. Name's literally just rat trap. Rat trap was my favorite in Beast Wars. I thought it was so cool because he turns into that. Uh, he turns into the the rat with wheels. <laughs> so he's just like a he's like a fucking uh, tricycle. 
I'm on the freaking Transformers wiki, and this is a badass picture of Dinobot. Is it just called Dinobot? I thought it his had a different is, name. No, his name is literally just Dinobot because he's a bot that is a dino. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, Dinobot. All right. Um, okay, where were we in the episode? Um, this uh, this scene just stops here? Is that right? It just stops, yeah. and then it immediately cuts away to another scene that lasts like two seconds. Uh, with the Kaiba brothers still in that desert walking around. Right, yes, yeah. They're in the desert where they were looking at the television. Yeah, they're looking at the television showing Kaiba blowing up the Nesbit slab. Right, right. So Kaiba has a flashback to immediately after that happened where he's video calling Nesbit. Who is offshore in a boat looking through binoculars as Kaiba freaking nukes his laboratory. <laughs> and he's like, you didn't have to do that. And Kaiba's like, I did have to do that. There's no place for war machines in my new company. Either you're going to find new things to do or you're going to be out of a job. You're going to make games and you're going to like it. Yeah. Now, honestly, if my if I got a new boss and then my new boss blew up my workplace and made me watch and then threatened me to find something else to do, I'd be pretty mad too. So I can't entirely blame Nesbitt. No, yeah, no, that's, it's definitely... That's a hostile work environment. <laughs> right, right. It's definitely something that's worth being angry about, right? Like some, some not only just a new boss, but a, a 15-year-old kid stepping in and being like, actually, sir, your shit. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, like, I'm not, like, emotionally attached to the TV station I work at, but if someone new came in and was like, all right, step outside for a second, and then blew it up, and then you're like, you're going to find a new job. I hate fucking television. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be oh, pissed. God. I work from home. That would be terrifying. <laughs> if I got a, if I got, a, if if I got an internet. email one day and said, hey, step outside, and then my house exploded. <laughs> Yeah, you That's the start have, of a born movie. Yeah. You, you would have legitimate grievances to air. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then he says uh, that he spent months as a game designer and hated every second. Yeah. He says, yeah, I, I developed a bunch of new technology for, for Kaiba's games and it was horrible. I didn't go to war crime college just to play games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Years of academy training wasted. I can tell in my notes how much I cared about that scene because my immediate next note is about Duke's earring. This is apparently more important to me than anything Nesbitt has to say. Uh, Duke is wearing one earring. I don't know if you've noticed this. It's That's a giant one die. die. It's a, it's like a casino size, like big honking six sided die. And it's just hanging from that ear. And all I could think as I was looking at it was like, isn't that heavy? Isn't that stretching hurt. on his earlobe? Like, that's got to eh, maybe not hurt necessarily, but like that's going to stretch for a bit. Just in case you didn't know what Duke's whole deal is. Look down into the left very slightly and you'll <laughs> see what he's all about. It, and it's on like a long uh, chain, too. So like if he turns his head too fast, he's going to hit himself in the face with he's it. He's just going to slap himself in the face with that die. Yeah, just dangling there. It's like a like an air freshener in a rear view mirror. <laughs> It's a look. 
Not a no, great it's look. it's not a bad look. Don't get me wrong. I'm just like I was just mesmerized by it for some reason. Uh, Duke and Serenity talk about Joey. Is the next thing that happens? Yeah. Did you have anything out on to that? Serenity. She's still slumped on the floor, dealing with having seen someone basically get digitized for eternity in front of her. Um, then she has a flashback to Joey asking for her help supporting him as he duels. And Which so, is nice. Mm-hmm. It's sweet. They love each other. She can't give up for Tristan because Joey did not give up with her help. So she needs to be there for him. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a little. Yeah, it's 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 not a direct uh, <laughs> transitive uh, correlation. Yeah, being there for someone as they duel. Yeah, the 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 logic that she explains is like people rely on me uh and i rely on people equally mm-hmm. so like my friends didn't give up on me i shouldn't give up on my friends easy peasy easy peasy lemon squeezy yep uh she stands up and uh joey and yugi and Taya burst through the door at the end of uh, the cave right find a door well right. a tunnel i guess tunnel. technically and they emerge on a balcony overlooking the radioactive waste pit. Hooray, convenient doors. I'm so glad everything in this virtual world that was meant to trap them forever happens to connect. <laughs> Remember when Joey just freaking kicked a wall down and found a door? <laughs> They're everywhere. This place is lousy with them. It's all doors. You can't uh, shake a stick without hitting a door. So Yugi and gang burst out. They, they're like, where's Tristan? And they're like, sorry, he's gone. They're heartbroken at the idea of Nesbitt in Tristan's body. Uh, and so Joey is like, well, what if I join the game and take Tristan's place? To which Nesbitt is understandably like, what? Fuck no, that's not a thing you can do. <laughs> I love, you I love just... Joey's enthusiasm about it. Because he goes, he goes, yeah, put me in. <laughs> like, put me in, coach. And then Nesbitt goes, no. And he goes, oh, oh, well. Understandable. Have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good luck. See ya. So he just immediately accepts his new role as Serenity Cheerleader. I mean, and again, that's it's very sweet and nice. Like, he, he calls himself uh, her guardian angel. Aww. He lets that sentence drag on a bit, though. He goes, I'll just be a guardian angel from up here. In the rafters. <laughs> far away from oh, you. Far away from you. <laughs> Way behind you. Over here. Um, but it's sweet. It's nice. And yeah, so Serenity stands up, is is resolute about doing her part, taking her turn. She looks at her cards and she thinks to herself, as Joey and Yugi would say, I have to trust my cards. Not the heart of the cards, just your cards. Just your cards. It's almost the same. She's almost there. She's mm-hmm. she's on the right track. She gets the gist. She's heart of the cards agnostic. Heart <laughs> of the cards curious. Uh, um, she has a flashback to Tristan teaching her how to play dual monsters while they're on the train to Battle City after her eye operation. Remember that scene? That scene when. For like, was it like two whole episodes they were just on that train the whole time? 
They were on a train for an hour of showtime, which I can only imagine is like three hours real time at least. Because they went through that whole countryside. Mm hmm. And somehow Joey walked that same distance in the approximately 10 minutes. <laughs> we don't need flash. to rehash that. No. Um, so so she, she's saying to herself, I just need to remember everything that Tristan taught me about dual monsters. Because apparently, while they were standing on a train for hours and hours, Tristan taught her the basics of dual monsters. Kind of. K- kind of. Kind Did it make of. sense to you? I had to write it down. I noticed you wrote down the whole thing, so you can go through it. I He says it in such a way that, like, I, for a minute, thought that I didn't understand the rules of Duel Monsters anymore. Like, I got so confused by it. Uh, so he starts with, and uh, bear in mind, she still can't see anything in this flashback. She still has the bandages on her eyes, so he has to do all of this verbally. He can't show her anything. First thing he says is, when two monsters are battling each other, the monster with the highest attack point wins. So far, so good. Mm-hmm. Another rule is that some monsters are so strong, you can't play them right away. Okay, tell me more. You have to sacrifice one or more weaker monsters first. Or more? How many? And you can tell how powerful a monster is by counting how many stars it has. The more stars that you see at the bottom of the card, the stronger the monster is. They have not been showing that. No. And Serenity asks the logical question. She says, so there are stars all over the monster cards? They must look so pretty, huh, Tristan? And Tristan doesn't understand the question. I love his goes, He goes, well, yeah, I guess they do. They're so pretty. I guess they are pretty. Uh, And he goes, and one more thing. You can fuse your monsters together, but to do that, you need a special magic card. It's called polymerization, and it rocks. (laughs) And Serenity says, so, sacrificing and polymerization. Cool. Thanks, Tristan. The two things you you need to know about dual monsters. You know, everything you need to know to play dual monsters. You're You're ready to hit the pro circuit, kid. Get on out there. Gosh, I wonder what kind of concept will be introduced in the next five minutes of this duel that Serenity (laughs) will have to remember. I wonder which specific card is going to come into play. Yeah, gee, I wonder. Hmm. But just like from that, what, six sentences, she feels like she has everything she needs to play duel monsters. He doesn't talk about like how many stars, like how, how many monsters do you need to pardon me, to summon different strengths, like how many stars is good, how many stars is bad, where are the stars located again? Also, are there different kinds of monsters? Are there other kinds of cards? Yeah, he just completely ignores the entire existence of magic cards and trap cards. Well, he I mean, he knows that polymerization is a magic card. He knows that much. But I don't think Tristan knows what a trap card is. <laughs> It's kind of the title of the show. He certainly doesn't use them. This concept is so famous that we literally titled our podcast after it. Yeah. It. Anyway. (sighs) Serenity. Yugi and Joey just never played trap cards against Tristan as a prank. (laughs) (laughs) 
so that when they finally dueled him for real, they would be able to like blast him with this third of the game that they never told him about just to be funny. Holy shit. I'm trying to figure out if there's any any other common game that you could do that with. Just not introduce an entire concept. Yeah, but still like kind of play it. Like Magic the Gathering, sure, you could be like, okay, well, you we're like only going to play with red cards, right? Mm-hmm. And then you like play blue cards, and you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> right. He just that never would, introduced the concept that other colors exist. That would be something a blue deck player would do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, completely. right? <laughs> As someone who has heavily blue decks, that is absolutely the kind of bullshit that a blue player would get up to. Okay, here's everything you need to know about Magic the Gathering. All the cards are green. <laughs> You got monsters and ways to make your monsters bigger. That's it. That's the whole game. That's all. <laughs> Don't worry about anything else. For or uh, mountains, mountains. Everything's mountains. <laughs> or is it forests for green? It's forest. I forget now. It's forests. Oh, that's right. Uh, anyway, okay. So Serenity goes to take her turn. She sacrifices uh, her card, Lady Panther, which I'd forgotten about. Uh, Lady Panther is just Panther Warrior with boob armor. Um, And she summons Marie the Fallen One. Then her deck master, uh, the goddess with the third eye, speaks to her and tells her that she can act as a polymerization card if Serenity discards a card. That's her special Serenity's like, yeah. So Serenity's like, oh, right, I can fuse these monsters together. Wait, I don't have polymerization. Wait, I have the goddess with the third eye. And goddess with the third eye has a really creepy voice. It's interesting. Yeah, it's it's um it's like two voices stacked on top of each other. I feel like it's a guy doing all the lines and then they just modulate it to sound more high pitched, but there's still like a different pitch underneath it. It's weird. Yeah, it it reminded me of um you haven't played Hades yet, right? Mm-mm. So in Hades, uh, there's a certain point, this isn't really a spoiler, uh, you meet the primordial chaos, like the embodiment of chaos, and they, uh, they, they, their body is like a mishmash of body parts like cascading away from an otherwise like relatively human form oh, uh, they have like a like gems and stuff it's it's a really cool look but their voice is uh there's a there's a, a very masculine voice and a very feminine voice playing at the same time and sort of like merging together and and it feels very like floaty when they talk and that's the vibe i get from goddess with the third eye it, it's, which i like and yeah the third eye is creepy. Yeah. It's very Del Toro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so Goddess with the Third Eye, or uh, pardon me, Serenity sacrifices a card, activates Goddess with the Third Eye's ability, uh, and the ability is called Fusion Vision. And so Goddess with the Third Eye says, Fusion Vision, go! Try saying that ten times fast. Fusion vision. Fusion vision go. Fusion, fusion vision, vision. Fusion vision. Fusion vision. Fusion fusion. <laughs> fusion, fusion. Uh, and it acts as polymerization. It fuses Marie the Fallen One and the Forgiving Maiden, which uh, Serenity played last episode, 
to form Saint Joan. Saint Joan looks like she could be the star of a completely different anime. Is this literally Joan of Arc? I think it might be. Is Joan of Arc a dual monster? (laughs) It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, no, me neither. But just like, how... How does that happen? One. And how did Serenity know that those monsters would fuse into St. Joan, of all things? Or did she just like, let's merge these monsters to form a more powerful monster and see what happens. It's like me in Breath of the Wild trying to make new food just by chucking a bunch of stuff into a cauldron and hoping it doesn't (laughs) come out all censored. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, th- this is the thing that I, I struggle with at this point in Yu-Gi-Oh! Because I don't know what they consider the rules to be on fusion monsters. In Yu-Gi-Oh! When you play the game Yu-Gi-Oh! You have to own those cards. You have to have that card in your extra deck you as, a, just, as a fusion monster. You can't, you can't just merge just... things all willy-nilly. No, no, you're 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 not gonna uh, fucking island a Doctor Moreau this shit. Like this is, you need to have uh, some preparation. <laughs> Are you making these regulations up as you go? <laughs> I mean, that's the question. Are they? <laughs> I, I think they are. God. So anyway, Joan of Arc is on the field now, I guess, uh, and she starts to glow. And get wings? Is that what happens here? Yeah, she like bends down and on her back these two pinpricks of light appear before like merging into these vast glowing wings. And it turns out that she's getting a, an attack boost from Command Angel, which is Tristan's card that's still on the field. He had a monster on the field. Now, Jimmy. Is that a thing? Now, Jimmy. He had a monster on the field. Why did Tristan send Super Robo Yaru to interrupt Machine King's attack on Serenity when he could have sent Command Angel if Command Angel was on the field? I'm only vaguely remembering it, but wasn't that its special ability? Its deckmaster ability? No. No? I don't think so because Duke intercepted or no, Tristan intercepted an attack with a different monster previously, right? I don't remember. I I'm tempted to look it up, but I'm fairly certain. I'm going to say I'm 80% certain that Tristan could have interrupted the attack and, with Command Angel and not gotten and survived. Right. Was I Tristan think Tristan's just death is his own fault. Was Tristan sacrificing himself to save Serenity as a show of bravado to make her like him, knowing yes, that he I, wouldn't actually die? I think this was an attack by good guy Tristan to finally win Serenity's heart over Duke. That is 100% on brand, both in this anime and in Season Zero. With, uh, what's her name? Miho-chan. Oh, uh, uh, Miho-chan, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it fits. I'm angry about it, but it fits Tristan's M.O. 
Anyway, Command Angel is on the field still. Gives St. Joan an attack boost. Uh, Yugi from the 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 uh, banisters, from the wherever he's standing, shouts down at them that they can also use Tristan's face-down card, which he left on the field before he died. So there's just been a face-down that... card sitting there the whole time. I was thinking about it, and I don't think we've ever seen someone... Have we seen someone lose in a duel, but the duel is still going on before? And all their stuff is just left over? Technically, I think so, in the Paradox duel. The Paradox Brothers, I forgot about those guys. But that was so brief that I don't think it mattered, because I think they lost almost simultaneously. If not simultaneously. But I think that's... Oh, and and uh, Loomis and Umbra mm. in that duel on the on the rooftop when the glass exploded, but that was at the same time as well. Huh. So not to this extent, I guess not, not for this length. Something I've never even considered would happen in either this game or in Magic, because in Magic, if you're in a multiplayer game, you lose the game, all your stuff just goes poof. Right. You no longer exists because you lost. I, I mean, I like in, it. I like the... In here, all your stuff is just kind of sitting there. Yeah, and for the most part, it's going to be useless, right? So it doesn't really matter. Unless you but happen to be Duke. Right, exactly. <laughs> Unless this one particular situation comes up, which plays into their favor. Uh, Duke discards two cards and uses his Deckmaster's special ability. And his Deckmaster is, what is it? It's like Sprint Ninja? Strike Ninja? Strike Ninja, thank you. Uh, and uses Strike Ninja's Deckmaster ability, which is to activate someone else's face-down card. Weirdly so activate... specific, but okay. Strangely specific. He activates Tristan's face-down card, fully just having to trust that Tristan knew what he was doing. Uh, and Strike Ninja does a bunch of, like, ninjutsu hand motions. And yeah, like, it's just straight, straight out of Naruto. It's the It's freaking, like slow Naruto. Yeah. It's so long. Raising is like turning a card face-up jutsu, except it takes, like, yeah. 10 seconds for him to do all these freaking hand motions. It's such a long card. sequence. He does like 20 symbols. It's yeah. so weird. And it's just, I don't know why they need no to do that. No one's saying anything the whole time. It's just the ninja doing all these like jutsus. Is there even music? I don't remember there being music in that scene. It's just, huh, huh. Oh, there's huh, probably music. Huh. Anyway, I thought that was, it was very strange. The face down card is rare metal soul. So you get that you get that uh, neodymium soul up in here, and uh, that raises Saint Joan's attack by another thousand, bringing it up to forty two hundred, which apparently is high enough to do something. I guess so because she grows wings and suddenly she is in a completely different anime. As uh, Serenity sends her out to attack. And she has this whole, like, transforming sequence growing wings and then, like, flies through the air in, like, the classic anime where the background is all just, like, lines and stars and stuff flying through the air, dodging missiles or whatever. And then she stabs Nesbitt directly. And since he's the, the deck master, he dies. Poof. 
There he goes. There he goes again. Uh, yeah, that's supposedly the end of Nesbitt, although he does... Supposedly. He does cackle maniacally. Because as he's dying, Nesbitt's cackling, and he says that because he beat Tristan, he still gets Tristan's body, even though he's losing the duel right now. Right. Yeah. Is that fair? Because... The side that Tristan was on won. Right, but Tristan... He was in an alliance with them. They were all on but the he, same team. He did fall into the vat of acid, so... But he did fall know, into a vat of radioactive goop. Six and one, half dozen and the other. It's It all, it all, it all comes out in the wash. Yeah, I, I don't really know. So I'm, he's like, I'm going to still get Tristan's body, even though I lost. Mwahaha. And then he disintegrates. And there's a long fade out. We fade to black. Fade to and black. And then we fade, we fade, fade back, back in, in on. It, somewhere in a distant secret laboratory. <laughs> I have this typed in all caps. In a secret lab, Tristan's brain is downloaded into a robot monkey? End of episode. <laughs> Smash cut to black. It's roll credits. Such an interesting scene because you see this like fucking fucking Ibo monkey. <laughs> it is Ibo. Uh, is and and it, it it's this little robot monkey, and then its little robot eyes blink on, and you hear Tristan's voice going, "What? Where am I?" <laughs> and then the episode ends. <laughs> so it turns out Tristan's the dueling monkey. Not Joey. Not Joey, after all. So Tristan's a monkey now. He's a robot monkey. He's cool. He's living Nesbitt's dream. Oh, that's true. That's true. I like that. He got turned into, what was the uh, Optimus Primal? Oh, God, he's going Beast Wars. Yeah, he's going Beast Wars. He turns into Optimus Primal and turns into a gorilla. Living the dream. Jimmy, what was the best part of this episode for you? Besides the robot monkey. <laughs> besides the robot monkey. <laughs> was Duke forcing... D- Duke's whole strategy here was golden. It was forcing someone else to play a completely different game inside the game that they were already playing. <laughs> yes. That is extremely he, he, on, brain, brown, <laughs> on brand for him. Yeah. Duke, Duke is the kind of guy who looks at something that somebody else is doing and goes, that's cool, but what if it were all about me? <laughs> what if it was the thing I made? Yeah, it's you could tell that Nesbitt, he tried to take it in stride, but he was a little shook by it, I think. And I think uh, turning this game into another game should have been a concept that had more strength behind it. I'm, and I'm hoping we, that we get to see more of this happen in the future where Duke just is like, no, we're going to play this completely other thing. Didn't think that was going to happen, did you? I'm trying to remember. There's a there's a card game that's fairly popular. It has like a bunch of different versions of it now. Munchkin? And I can't remember the name. Huh? <laughs> Munchkin? No, no. <laughs> um... Oh shoot, it's on the tip of my tongue. But the the game has a bunch of different mechanics and one of them is that the there are cards that change the rules of the game. 
so like it's it starts and you're playing the game and the the one rule that's out is you draw a card and you play a card and there's other types of cards like there's um a card that like makes players do something like trade cards or like swap cards that are left or or whatever and then there's cards that are things that you keep in front of you like like item cards and then you can just play a rule card at any time to affect the rules of the game including the win condition of the game so at any point you can say aha you think you're winning but i have this card that overwrites the rule the 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 win condition so that now you're actually losing this sounds extremely familiar but i don't remember uh, yeah, the I'm name trying, of it i'm trying to uh, shoot i'm trying to remember what it's called i know the I think concept it starts with an, though with an f um i know that there's a monty python version of it um flux i mean flux thank you yes flux with two x's yeah flux because the rules are in flux got it a it's a pun yes uh but that's that's how this strikes me is i i really wish that they went harder in this like oh you think you're playing dual monsters well think again pal yeah it was a great concept i wish they'd done a little more with it but it was still my favorite part of this episode Absolutely. I hope he does. I hope he does more of this in the future. Yeah, I hope we get to see more of his specific dueling, because uh, we haven't really gotten to see that much before, besides his arc from right. like two seasons ago or whenever it was. God, yeah, that was a yep, yeah, that was two seasons ago. <laughs> what was your best? Uh, I, I, I'm still very perplexed by the set of rules that Tristan explained to Serenity. And I have to wonder, is Serenity secretly a card game genius? Because she took that nonsense and somehow like perfectly intuited the rules to duel monsters. I mean, sure. Like she didn't understand like defense position. Sure. But at no point in any of the teaching that she was given were the words defense or attack uh, uh, mentioned. Yeah. It's just right? It was all about Some cards are monsters. stronger than others. Right. So I think for the amount of information she was given, she's doing amazingly well. She like, literally wins the game. Yeah. Like at this rate, the next duel, she could beat Yugi. Yeah, I mean, she is Joey's sister, so maybe it's just genetic. Oh, that could be it. That could be it. She has the the blood of a champion. Yeah, she she's got the <laughs> the eye of the tiger. <laughs> she's got the card playing gene. <laughs> I it's I mean, you might be right is the thing. Like it might it might be revealed that the Wheeler family has just always been good at card games. The Wheeler family's always been good at card games. That's how we won our millions in our poker tournament in the 20s. 3,000 3, years, <laughs> 3, years ago, Joey Wheeler's ancestor was the Pharaoh's uh, top card player. And he also invented the wheel, which is why their last name is Wheeler. <laughs> Check this out. I call it a chariot. <laughs> uh, how about the worst part of this episode for you? Nesbitt still wins even though he lost. That is some horseshit. That that, that shouldn't happen. Yeah. 
Cause no, that shouldn't happen. They they should have they should have specified the parameters here. The parameters were Nesbit versus the three of them, and the three of them did not lose. He knocked right. Tristan out, but that's not the same thing as losing the game. He still won the game by virtue of his alliance with Serenity and Duke. <laughs> For all you 90s kids out there, you just lost the game. God. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> Why would you do uh, that to our poor podcast so sorry. audience? They don't deserve I'm these so things. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, Nesbit, Nesbit's still being like, yeah, no, I'm still going to take your friend's body is very like, I mean, it's kind of what I liked about Nesbit last episode right like he he actually wants to be a villain as opposed to these other guys so far who are like i want to be the villain but i'm gonna play by the rules yeah he's this This guy this guy literally wants to get out of this virtual reality so he can go back to making billions of dollars designing machines to kill people right exactly uh what's your worst it, it's actually kind of related. Uh, you're you mean to tell me, not you, Jimmy, but the show. You mean to tell me that this dude, this this real piece of work, is trapped in a virtual prison that he is willing to kill a child to get out of because he didn't want to go find a job as a weapons contractor, literally anywhere else. There's only like, one company, and it's Kaiba Corp. Supposedly, this guy is the best weapons designer in the world. I would be amazed if this he were not at a point in his career where he is getting headhunted by competing companies. Yeah, right? he was get a fat stack for a sign-on bonus. He was going yeah. to have benefits out the wazoo at like, literally any other he... company. Why isn't he pulling a Tony Stark and like just you know outsourcing the manufacturing and and designing weapons for terrorists, right? Like the 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 although it's, okay, fine, Tony Stark was doing so without realizing, et cetera, et cetera. But like, why isn't he going like freelance at this point? Yeah, he can just be uh, an advisor or a, a contractor. Note, I would not say this for any any other job in the world right like employers uh should pay their employees well and make sure that they are not in a hostile work environment these are things that i believe in but in this particular asshole's case he wants to design things that kill people and he's upset that he can't do that at this company i think i think he knows what the solution is here and i don't think it's to get trapped in a digital hell playing card games against children Right, I don't think that's I don't think that's the way forward in your career there, pal. Yeah, you want to get rid of Kaiba, download yourself into the tank that's probably sitting outside their office somewhere as like a showroom model. Point it at the ceiling right. and press fire and you're done. Find a new company. Yeah, just like just There's like your revenge. <laughs> download your mind into the tank, then just drive out the front door. Well, unless there's anything else you want to mention about this episode, we should probably move on to the next part of the show. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, At this part of the show, we are going to invite my partner, Lauren, into the studio. She's been in the studio, but she's coming over to the chair sitting uh, alongside me. 
while she gets settled, uh, I want to read a couple of emails from our listeners. You can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. Zach writes Gmail. in. Zach writes in. Hello, guys. My name's Zach. Hi, Zach. Tunes. <laughs> Games. Thank you, Lauren. Character. Also, hello. Uh, Zach, <laughs> Zach split the email into two distinct parts. The first part says, Jimmy can read this part. The second part says, Jimmy do not read. <laughs> The email is titled "Jimmy, do not look." So, I'm feeling a little uh, in the hot seat here. Uh, Singled out. The the first part, though, I will read. Zach writes, "Hello, guys. My name's Zach. First, wanted to say thank you for making this podcast. It's basically a public service at this point. Also, I appreciate you using your platform to raise suicide awareness, as I have people close to me who suffer from depression, and it means a lot. Thank you." Then in the part labeled Jimmy do not read is a game for the high commissioner. So I will forward that on to you, Lauren, and not read it on the show just yet. Um, the, the, the thing about suicide awareness, it's been a little bit since we brought it up, but I do also want to uh, encourage people to go and donate to Trans Lifeline, uh, especially at this time of year as we are in election season in the thick of it. And there are a lot of people, uh, especially in American politics, who seem to really hate trans people uh, kind of a lot. And this is a very difficult time for... And hey, um, one of the one of the two main candidates up for re-election could do actual harm to trans people and that you care about. Has expressed interest in doing so. so, so um, I'm going to just let you guess yeah. at which one that is. No, I'm just kidding. It's Trump. Don't vote for Trump. Don't, don't vote for Trump. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, donating to, to Trans Lifeline uh, at this point. Let me just reach re- over to my other side of the table, pull out my ballot that I just got in the mail, yeah. and uh, mark mark it down. Yeah. Take care, take care of that real <laughs> hey, quick. Hey, live on air. Well, it's not live. Live on air. Where'd my pen go? We had to register to vote in January because we live overseas because that's how much we cared. Yeah. We voted last week. We did. Uh, which was pretty oh. cool. I was actually pretty, I was pretty happy with how that turned out. Uh, it was, it was a relatively easy process once we realized that we had to do everything almost a full year early. Yep. Here's a question. When you're registered to vote in another country, what area is your ballot subjected to? Like what local stuff do you have? Is it still Portland? Yeah. yeah. We, we have a, were? we have a mailing address in Portland still. Because we're, we're expats. So we're still, um, we're still so citizens of the last... United States. Okay. Yeah. So I'm it... just wondering what like local area you'd be able to vote in. Yeah, Multnomah County. Oh. Yep. Five oh three. Uh. Oh no, sorry, Washington County. Uh. Yeah. I no. Can't yeah. Remember you're right. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the lines are? Yeah. One of those. Uh. Mac, friend of the show, Mac, our one and only guest on the show, Mac. Uh, also wrote in with an email that I forwarded directly to the commissioner. Yeah, don't read that one. I did not read it, but thank you for your email, Mac. Simi writes in. Uh, Simi, as you remember from last week's episode, is working on Sorry, a... sorry. Please use Simi's I full title. I am so sorry. The mayor of Simi City, Simi, a.k.a. the architect. Thank you. Uh, has written in. Simi is working on a show about our show called Reviewgi or is, Not. This is... <laughs> <laughs> this is a deep lore. We're getting into the Simirillion. Uh, and was good. Uh, uh, so Simi says, I compiled a list of all of the cards from the first three seasons because I couldn't find a place that had already done it. Wow. Simi, Simi, Yu-Gi-Oh.com slash cards. Simi, 
Simmy. <laughs> Simmy. Uh, uh, this includes magic and trap cards, as I hadn't sorted those out initially. Here are some findings. Number one, there are 463 unique cards shown across the three seasons. Wow. 230 of those are first seen in the first season. 168 of those only appear in season one. 114 of those only appear in season two. And 102 of those only appear in season three. 41 cards appear in both seasons one and two. 39 cards appear in both seasons one and three. And 35 cards appear in both seasons two and three. Only 18 cards appear in all three seasons. If these numbers are wrong, I blame... I'm surprised that they're like roughly equal numbers. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Uh, Simi goes on to say, if these numbers are wrong, I blame the go- uh, blame Google the company. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. Google the company, not Google the person. Um, and uh, most certainly not myself to any degree. I think I've decided on the 15 cards I shall bring to these Old matches. Old Jebediah Google. <laughs> Google. Back uh, in 1836. Now to break up the audio and see if my rough idea will work. Your diligent friend, Simi. Thank you, Simi, for your email. Uh, Amazing. I want to point people to... Some good work. Uh, Simi's good work, as well as uh, the good work of listener Dab. Dab just ended up making a Discord server for us. Whoa. Uh, thank you, Jimmy, for dabbing on camera, even though our listeners can't enjoy that. <laughs> um, yeah, Dab Dab was doing uh, the, the Pharaoh's work and made us a Discord server. So you can find that at heartofthe.cards slash Discord uh, just as soon as I set up that redirect. And, uh, Have you been a, on it? I, I've been on it, yeah. I mean, there's ah. there's only a few people right now, but go join. Um, no, there's a. I haven't been on it. I'll no, have to go. me either. Jimmy, I sent you the link. I said, look at this. You didn't send me the link. No, because I didn't think you were interested. Oh, I'm sorry. Thanks. I'll send you the link. I mean, if you don't, if nobody no, wants me on. No, there, I want. No. Okay. No, it's Neither fine. of you listen to this podcast. I don't know why I'm getting the third degree here. Um, okay. Heartofthe.card slash discord will be the link as soon as I get that, that redirect up, which it will be by the time you hear this episode. Uh, thank you, Simi, for your email. Um, uh, there's a there's a whole channel on, on the Discord for Review Gear or Not is where I was going with that. So that's an exciting thing that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing progress. Uh, you can review all our episodes with the following sentence. It wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I listening to this podcast? What's that one review that we got a while ago? I'm, I'm going to pull this back up. Uh, what if that was the beginning of the of each podcast episode was just like, nah, yeah, it's fine. And then the rest of the episode was just like a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes it does feel that way. This episode especially went on quite a few tangents. Um, but no for for our show we got a a a great (laughs) a great um uh review a bit ago uh let me see uh the (laughs) okay here it is from uh february 21st 2019 man hater bug said about our show i've done stranger things <laughs> uh nickname underscore less 10 said on january 16th 2019 so far so good yeah dot 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah so thank you for those reviews um Ready if you want to email views. us if you want to email us you can go to you active my podcast at gmail.com we have a contact form on the website heart of the dot cards we move on to the part of the show where we invite my partner lauren pardon me the high commissioner lauren thank you 
into the studio to play a little game I like to call You Activated My Podcast Season 3, Yu-Gi-Oh! Or not, Season 2, Enter the Task Dungeon. Did you get that microphone arm just so you could do that audio effect? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, This... This is the Task Dungeon. Here you are. Here we are. We're in it. I'm stuck. Enter. We're real in it now. Uh, Every week... We uh, pick from a team of monsters that Jimmy and I have pre-selected. You can find that list in the link in the show notes. Uh, We pick a monster each, and then the High Commissioner Lauren gives us a task, and we must describe how our monster achieves, pardon me, achieves said task, uh, and to the victor goes the spoils. Is there there a prize at the end? I've got a stack no. of Lego playing cards in front of oh me. Jimmy, God, I'll, yeah, ship, I'll ship them to you. <laughs> if I win, and if you win, you get to keep all the Lego playing cards that you already have. If I win, I'll sell them on eBay. <laughs> um, all right. I they believe... They come in our Sainsbury's order. They do. They just, they just, we don't even ask for them. They and just... you can't tell them not to bring them. They just show up with a bunch of Lego cards. They're like, you bought, you bought groceries. I guess you want cards. Now you get Lego cards. cards. <laughs> Here you go. Catch them all. It's weird. <laughs> um, who who picked first last time? I believe I picked first last time. Is that right? No, you you picked first last time because I described first because you won with the fucking giant germ, <laughs> and I'm still mad about it. Yeah. Um, no bones about it. Dog cleaning service. So <laughs> instant. instant dog cleaning service. <laughs> so I am gonna pick. Do you want me to write down who goes first? Uh, oh, that's the noise a germ that was, makes. That was I did not that like that. Um, slurps your dog and gets it all clean. I am going to pick first this week, okay. and I am going to pick X Y Z Dragon Cannon. X Y Z Dragon Cannon. I was gonna say, wow, a lot of a lot of fanfare for this. Hell card. yeah, X Y Z. No, X Y Z Dragon Cannon card. Is a, is fucking a guy. combination of a bunch of different things. It's a fusion monster. It looks like a, like a scene from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. This is everything that I wanted as a child. This is like the cool kid would have this in daycare. Yeah. Because <laughs> he has all three toys and is able to combine them. This is the kid who, who like... I I don't know why, but this is the kid whose parents are always separated. Do you know that kid? And like that's why he gets the cool toys, is they both kind of feel bad for him. Oh and my like, God. no, I, I knew a lot of these kids you for some reason. I, I knew a lot of these kids, and the thing is, is the kid didn't care because they were like, "Well, I'm pretty they, sure the kid cared." Well, okay, as a child of divorce, as 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 a child, they didn't seem to care because they were always like, "Yeah, but I got the cool toys." Well, okay. Anyway, exactly that was my relationship the kind to these of, kids. The kind of child that you are talking about. Huh? Yeah, these kind of these kind of too cool for school. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, little little dweebs. I'm sorry, well, I won't talk I... with that. I, I... Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> what can I possibly choose to step up to X Y Z Dragon Cannon? Let's get weird. Let's get real weird. I want to see what Time Wizard can do. Oh god! <laughs> okay. The power of time itself. Uh, against well, this all dragon right. cannon. God, I always Why forget. Not? I always forget that Time Wizard has googly eyes. Time Wizard. He is a top hat uh, made out of little cogs. <laughs> he does. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Time Wizard. Why not? 
Time Wizard, the 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 effect monster that Joey Wheeler uses quite often, versus X Y Z Dragon Cannon. Anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, X Y Z Dragon Cannon. I'm trying to f- remember where it shows up. Uh, it shows up. Oh, episode thirty three of this season. No, we won't see it for a while. <laughs> no, something to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, all right, we have selected our cards. Excellent. Hi, Commissioner Lauren. Hi. <laughs> what is the task that you've laid out for us this fine evening? These are excellent choices. Um, Sorry, one quick tangent before we go into the actual task dungeon. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Time Wizard's page, and like you know, believe beneath it on the website, there's all the episodes that appear in. Uh, it's in an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! Five Ds called Popo Times Old Clock. <laughs> Popo uh, times, you know, old clock. Pop, Popo time. Popo time. Popo. P o p p o. Popo. Not like Popo like time. Like father time. Not. I have no not. idea who the hell Popo time is. Papa time. That's completely different. That's series. like a that's like a nickname you come up for your uh, come up with for your grandfather. Oh, Popo. that's that's Popo. <laughs> Popo and Mima. Uh, anyway, anyway. <laughs> hi, Commissioner hi, Lord. Commissioner. Hi. Pray continue. <laughs> what is our task this week? Well, okay. So I'm going to say the task, and then I feel like we're going to have to define some ground rules. Okay. I, but I pre selected this tonight before you selected your monsters. Good. Tonight, I would like the two of you, each individually, to tell me how. Your monster makes it through the Oregon Trail without dying of dysentery. Um, okay. Okay, here are the ground rules. Yeah, please, yes, you please. can die of dysentery. Okay. I was going to say, my guy is a robot. Nope. <laughs> nope. My guy is literally clockwork. Nope. <laughs> okay. So they, they are somehow magically capable of getting dysentery yes. and dying mm. from said dysentery. Or other ailments common on the Oregon Trail. And also I would like to say that I'm speaking of specifically the video game, the Oregon Trail, and I'm not trying to make fun of actual human beings who died on the Oregon Trail. I see. So anyway. we're, we're putting them in the similar the to the characters in the television world of show. The, yes, the video okay. game. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Both of you are familiar? Yes. Of course. Naturally. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, okay. There, let, let me assure you, High Commissioner, there is no greater joy to an <laughs> elementary school child than going into Oregon Trail and naming that is your so true. people pee-pee, poo-poo, uh, <laughs> yep. dog face, and slobber. Yep. I, pee-pee I, died of snake bite. I always named mine after Batman characters. <laughs> <laughs> it's not surprising. Uh, okay. Um, Anything else? Just a short story. Oh, sure, related sure, sure. To this, um, is a very formative time in my life. But in fourth grade, uh, all of our like years <clears throat> in elementary school were themed for some reason, and because I grew up in Oregon, the fourth grade was the Oregon Trail themed. So we would always go to computer time, computer lab and play the Oregon Trail a bunch. And that was really fun. And we sat, our desk groups were called wagon teams. And Aww. you, and you like earned 
if you if you did good behavior you earned points for your wagon team but you earned like food and like hunting supplies and fresh water and things like that for your wagon team and then at the end of the year we had to all build a um an actual like covered wagon replica and drag it through a park nearby and dress up in pioneer clothes and stuff and it was really fun this sounds fun as hell (laughs) didn't you didn't you fight a teacher because you didn't want to be the mother yeah so one of my really good (laughs) friends and i uh from back home who we uh we went to elementary school together um so in the wagon trains there was supposed to be like oh the mom and the dad and the kids or whatever and both of us got really upset because neither of us wanted to be the mom or the baby in the family and uh we there was supposed to be like one pastor and one school teacher or whatever and we both got really angry because we wanted we both wanted to be the school teacher so he had to let us be a lesbian school teacher couple i mean Hell not yeah. not really but, but two, i mean two school teachers we both refused to quote unquote get married and have children so oh we were God, we were school teachers we were our own wagon <laughs> team of school teachers two anyway. school teachers Sitting in a wagon, five feet apart, because they are. <laughs> but they have giant petticoats on, so they can't. Right. They have to sit they five can't feet get apart. Any closer. Yeah. yeah. You've there got goes, like uh... three square feet of cloth on each side of you. <laughs> right. Anyway. Yeah, you know, you know, Grand Aunt Helen and her best friend. And her friend and roommate. Right. Susan. <laughs> Who they've lived with for 40 years. Yep. Uh, they're really good friends. But anyway, uh, okay. it, was, it was a really fun year. That's cool. <laughs> uh, are there any other ground rules that we need to consider for this task? Oh, you're asking me. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. I'll let you know if they occur to me as it happens. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> you just make up the rules as you go along. This is my game. We're getting a lot of that this episode. This is my game and you're just playing in it. That's true. Uh, all right. I picked first Jimmy. You get to describe how Time Wizard crosses the Oregon Trail first. <laughs> I'm glad that you specified those are the only rules because oh, no. Time well, Wizard's we'll whole see. deal is just doing whatever the fuck you want to do with time travel. God. <laughs> and a changing time, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so his first big advantage in getting across the Oregon Trail is that he can go backwards in time. So he's just going to Dormammu sure. this shit. Like Going in Doctor Strange. in time would be helpful. Well, hang on, hang on. Okay, he, yeah. he will. Because, say for example, you get to a river crossing. Do you ford the river? Do you cock the wagon and float it? You, he can make any decision he wants to. And if that fails, he can just rewind time back to before they jumped on into the river. So he can do that. Uh, second, if he wants to... He can just advance time around him and just stay in one place uh, as the harsh wilderness around them is ground into dust by more and more settlers. Go in time 100 years until it's the I-5 expressway and then just drive down the shoulder (laughs) straight into the Willamette Valley. This isn't rocket science. It's time travel. (laughs) Time Wizard is set. Time Wizard can do basically anything. Missed a shot shooting a bear? Go back in time. Shoot it again. (laughs) Uh, 
can't haul haul all the meat back to your wagon. Go back in time to when haul the meat back to your wagon. Go back in time, and then haul the meat again, so you get twice as much meat. Because <laughs> you're <laughs> time wizard is an inherently broken card, as we've seen in the show. It's basically a Swiss Army knife that has time written on it to do whatever <laughs> the hell you want. And that is how Time Wizard is going to get to the or- across the Oregon Trail and get to the beautiful Verdon Willamette Valley is by doing whatever the hell he wants <laughs> using the cheating powers of time travel. Wow. Wow. Okay. Tyler? Well, High Commissioner. Hi. Uh, <laughs> J- Hello. James. Um the the thing the thing that Jimmy leaves out of his 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 uh lovely uh, uh exposition there is that no man or indeed monster is an island. No one person crosses the Oregon Trail alone. We are all on this journey together. And in fact, in the game Oregon Trail, which we are explicitly trapped in, you cannot proceed with the game until you have named your family. And if I remember correctly, you have to pick uh, the father, the mother, two children, and I think a dog? That, that is sound? not how I played it. No, I think you I could just decide had people. who is in your party. It didn't have to be. Oh, you just, you just name... I forever re- I may be thinking of a different version, but you pick four people anyway. Yeah. It's yeah. not just you in the no, wagon. No, is what no, I'm no. what you, I'm trying to say. People. So X Y Z Dragon Cannon. I did not. I simply did not mention them because nah, their abilities you know, pity you know, <laughs> pale in comparison to time travel. You didn't. You know, you had your chance to say that there are other people there, and you didn't. So I, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, X Y Z Dragon Cannon. Once the, the the wagon is loaded up with Kyle and Betty and uh, 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 uh Papo Time, uh, realizes, okay, the next step, once he, their family has been loaded into the wagon, they are ready to, to, to set uh, forth into a new uh, adventure, a new home, uh, new opportunities they need to go to the general store to buy supplies. And this is the part of the game that I always struggle with the most because I can never remember how many oxen to buy. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, that was a struggle for me. And it's not a struggle for XYZ Dragon Cannon because XYZ Dragon Cannon is two of the oxen. Whoa. So right away, you save money. Yeah. XYZ Dragon Cannon has a, a, a strong motor very, you know, durable wheels. XYZ Dragon Cannon can pull this cart with the help of, we'll say, two additional oxen, right? Like four is standard. That sounds right. Uh, the other things that you would buy would be hunting equipment. XYZ Dragon Cannon comes with, I'm counting at least six guns on XYZ Dragon Cannon. <laughs> and two fists. And two fists. Uh, two of the guns are laser guns and don't need bullets. So you save money there as well. Food, XYZ Dragon Cannon is a robot. Doesn't need to eat. Can get dysentery, but doesn't need to eat. He's got a mouth though. He's got a he's got a mouth. Mouths can be used for other things, Jimmy. <laughs> Every entrance is an exit. I don't know. 
uh, biting, biting, probably. yelling, yeah, roaring potentially. Yeah, it's good, great for security. Anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you, High Commissioner, but I, I I don't need your assistance here. I've got this. Uh, uh, no, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep on. you as 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 unbiased as possible. Okay, uh, uh, actually, as a dragon cannon is is by its very nature thrifty, because actually, as a dragon cannon does not want for much. Uh, so right off the bat, we've saved money as we set forth from uh, New York. As we cross, uh, 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 set forth from New York. Don't you? What are you talking about? Where do you set forth from? Independence, Missouri. Okay, well, it's been a while since I played this game. Wow. Give me a break. Wow. I'm I'm old. It's been a while since fourth grade. Uh, you never went to fourth grade. You never went to fourth grade. All right. Thanks. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> I was homeschooled. For the listeners who don't know, that's the. Joke. I didn't technically go to fourth grade. <laughs> Fine. Played Oregon Trail in the past. It's been a while. Um, so the, the as as the 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 journey goes on, XYZ Dragon Cannon is capable of taking care of quite a few things. Hunting, obviously, the many guns that I mentioned before. Uh, traveling, as I mentioned, they're able to act as uh, a couple of the oxen. So even if one oxen does die, uh, you're not you know completely left in the lurch. Just picturing this, like the hunting screen with like bison wandering off in the distance, and a fucking particle bleam just zooms <laughs> in and completely vaporizes. Exactly, it. exactly. And it's like fuck, all the meat has been dissipated into its component atoms. <laughs> and I would do the exact same thing for fording rivers. Oh my god. Uh, uh, I mean, it's a river; it'll come back. It's fine, but just what? you know, find a shallow point and sort of just build a dam uh so your policy here is reckless environmental destruction yeah. on a grand scale the likes of which has never seen before on this continent i mean yeah yeah basically yeah like i mean as the 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 representative of the time wizard jimmy you know that this is gonna happen anyway with the invention of the highway actually yeah, dragon everything- is getting there sooner Everything in its pop- proper time and place. It's only it's only a couple of rivers, uh, and um, yeah, uh, uh, it doesn't need to sleep. Perfect at keeping uh, watch. You never have to to have somebody uh, uh, you know trade watches again at night. Um, all the all the other wagons and the wagon train can circle up around X Y Z Dragon Cannon. Uh, and feel completely safe so everyone else is rested and taken care of uh there's more food to go around again one less mouth to feed with xyz dragon cannon um in fact three less mouths to feed if you count the oxen that you didn't have to hire um yeah just an all-around real utility vehicle for uh oregon bound travelers and i think that's uh that's how it gets it done Jimmy, your rebuttal. Are you legally allowed to use XYZ Dragon Cannon in Oregon Trail? Because you're really up my ass about 
how it has to be the actual game Oregon Trail that we're in, and I need to have more people. Well, three of your people are just Dragon Cannon. <laughs> no, no, I said, I said, there's X Y Z Dragon Cannon. There's Kevin. There's Betty, and there's Papo Time. You're bringing in three entire Dragon Cannons. <laughs> that you're saying that they count as one person. It's a fusion monster. That's true. It's like three different things jammed together. Yeah, well, I'm playing by the rules of the game. It's it's still one being. It's like the Holy Trinity. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you're bringing in a time wizard, Jimmy. You can't really talk yeah. to me about the rules of Oregon Trail. <laughs> no, you're the one who brought them up. That's true. Well, no, the High Commissioner brought them up. Yeah, I brought them up initially. Yeah. Thank you, High Commissioner. But in your infinite wisdom. <laughs> Time Wizard's whole thing, as we've seen in the show, is that it is unbound by mortal constraints, such as time. <laughs> and wizards. <laughs> and, <laughs> and a thousand dragons. I just... <laughs> and their noxious nostril blasts. That'll get you before the dysentery, for sure. Uh, I, I, I love... <laughs> I just love this... This this idea of okay, time wizard and the and the caravan getting ready to set out on the Oregon Trail, and then time wizard Picture is like time wizard is like time magic, and then stands perfectly still for a thousand years, and everyone goes time wizard, you you good, you okay? <laughs> All right, I guess we'll take off without you. Okay, bye. Yeah, I'm just stretching. Well, he can just take the wagon forward in time to when they're actually there. Yeah, but that. But I they, feel like that's even just have to a go that's, cop out. You're confusing time wizard with time and space wizard. Oh, <laughs> that's a very good point. Is it bound by space in the show? No. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jimmy's right. Time Not wizard. I'm time wizard is just a get out of jail free card. <laughs> yeah. I, I think both of our arguments are hilarious to imagine, and that's the real treasure. I feel very good that's about the, both of ours. <laughs> that's the that's the real winning. That's the real win condition. Is can we make each other laugh thinking about these things on Oregon Trail? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have both made our pitches. Hi, Commissioner Lauren. It is now your turn to decide who is the victor. Decide. <laughs> That's a joke. That's for a really deep cut. Anyone who watches Sing On on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> Any Titus Burgess fans out there? Oh, this is a this is a really hard one. Um, but I have to go with my gut. It's the only gut you got. And my gut says X Y Z Dragon Cannon. Yes. No. I'm sorry, Time Wizard. Oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. X Y Z. I just feel like because of the uh, physical and temporal and spatial and magic limitations of his monster, Tyler had to be a little bit more creative with his solution. <laughs> you could have had the best of all possible futures. Yeah, but I you guess chose X Y Z Dragon King. <laughs> I think you made a good choice. Uh, also, to be really... fair, playing out the scene in my head with this thing freaking towing a yeah, covered that... wagon is absolutely hilarious. To I me. think that's what tipped it forward. <laughs> Just that that fraction. Be a great game. 
Yeah, just watching, just imagining like all these normal uh, wagon trains coming up with like their oxen and everything, and then XYZ Dragon Cannon just like <laughs> strapping itself in, like <laughs> you know, like you know, like when you're playing like the early uh, Grand Theft Auto games, and you go from driving this like crappy little car to hopping in a tank. Yeah. And you just drive the tank over literally anything in your way, and everything else explodes, and you're fine. It'd be that, but the Oregon <laughs> Trail. That's XYZ Dragon Camp. Just a long train. Like... What the fuck? <laughs> just a long trail of dust rising off in the distance. A cowboy sits and peers through his uh, through his binoculars. Uh, a tumbleweed passes by and there in the distance a three foot tall dragon headed tank (laughs) (laughs) amazing uh thank you all for listening i hope you've enjoyed this episode next week we are what i always forget the name of the i i start the episode by telling myself i should remember the name of the next episode and then i always forget Uh, But we've got another two-parter coming up, so it's going to be part one of whatever the next episode is. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us in the meantime, you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website, heartofthe.cards. There's a contact form there. You can visit our new Discord channel. uh, That's uh, heartofthe.cards slash Discord for the link there. Um, I don't think I'm forgetting anything else. So uh, wear your masks. Go and vote. Vote for Biden, please. Uh, And until next time. Are you making these regulations up as you go?